This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. This is another in a series of my Monday news and notes. This is Cottage Talk, full news and notes for February 20th, 2023. I'm going to share some interesting news out there in regards to Alexander Mitrovic. I'll also be sharing my thoughts on the yellow card situation with Paulina. And to end the show, final thoughts on the claims from some Brighton Hove Albion supporters of anti-football and also time-wasting from Fulham Football Club on Saturday. I've already mentioned that in the last show, but I still want to just say one more thing on that, and I'll be ending the show talking about that. And I look forward to uh, doing this show for the next 15 to 20 minutes. As always, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It does help other Fulham supporters find us. And if you are on Apple Podcasts, and that's how you listen to the show, please leave us a review and a rating. It will, again, help other phone supporters find us easier. So please do that. We, we would really appreciate that. Okay, so let's start with the news about Metro. And again, there was an article today. I kind of heard a little bit about that before today. But again, this is an article from Dom Smith. In the London Evening Standard, here is the headline. Fulham uncertain over Alexander Mitrovic's return date as striker remains injury doubt for Wolves clash. That's the headline from Dom Smith. So if you go into the article, it actually says hamstring injury persisting for star striker after missing Brighton win. So this is a hamstring injury. What's interesting, according to Dom Smith, we have been hearing that it was, again, he had been dealing in the past with an ankle injury. This might be something different, a hamstring injury, and these can be tricky. So here are some quotes that Mr. Smith got from Marco Silva in regards to Mitro, and I'm going to share them with you. And again, you could see this 
if you read the London Evening Standard. These are quotes from Marco Silva. Quote, Mitro got a minor injury in the muscle. He had a small issue in the warm-up before the Nottingham Forest game. He doesn't look really seriously injured. It's probably a minor injury. I don't know if he will be ready for Wolves, that's in parentheses, or just for Leeds, unquote. So here's the situation with Mitro. And in a positive manner, Fulham have now learned how to actually win a few matches, the Chelsea match, and now this latest match without Mitro. Fulham are a much better side with Mitro, but this is something that we're going to have to watch. Will he be out for the match against Wolves? Will he be out further against Leeds United or even beyond that? We actually don't know. I hope it's shorter than longer, but it's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on. So let's go with the idea that Mitro could be out for this upcoming match. What do you do if you're Marco Silva? And I'll be getting more into this later on in the week as we preview the match. But this is going to be an interesting storyline. Who do you play? Do you go with Vinicius to begin the match? Because Vinicius, there's still a lot of uh, talk about him. Is he good enough? And uh, I think the jury is still out on that. But I thought he had some nice touches in this match and was actually vital, his pass, in setting up the goal for Fulham to win the match against Brighton Hove Albion. Will he go with Vinicius if Mitro can't play? Here's another one. And we talked about this. On the last show, when I talked to the guys from That's So Craven, will he play Manor Solomon? Because it worked so well with Vinicius. Will he play Manor Solomon? And that opens up some interesting situations because if you play Manor Solomon, how can you not play William? Or do you play William on one side and Manor Solomon on the other? And just maybe potentially flip flop them during the match or Maybe you have Manor Solomon starting the right and William on the left, or vice versa. Who knows? What do you do here? It's interesting. I'll share more thoughts as we get into the week on what Fulham should do for the upcoming match against Wolves. But Manor Solomon is making a strong argument that he should be starting, obviously scoring two goals. I think we need to see more from him. I think we need to see him starting. I know he started against Sunderland, but it's a different level. And I think you will see a different type of player when he plays against Premier League opponents. So I think he's ready to start, but what do you do? And then in the case of Vinicius, I would rather start Vinicius, I'm going to say it right now, than playing Bobby Decadova-Reed in that role. I don't think it worked. Wolves are a different kettle of fish compared to Brighton-Hove Albion, but I think I would start Vinicius if Mitro can't play. That's what I would go. And I would consider starting Manor Solomon and William together, potentially not starting Bobby Decadova Reed. That's a little controversial because of how well Bobby Decadova Reed has played. But these are things to really consider as we get closer to the Wolves match, because I don't think it's just about does Venetia start? It will also be about does Manor Solomon start? And uh, it's actually a good problem to have with Manor Solomon, William, Bobby Decadovarit, and I'll even throw Harry Wilson in there. You have many options. We're not even talking about Dan James. So I think the situation with Alexander Mitrovic 
actually opens up maybe not just one position, but two positions to keep an eye on for the upcoming match against Wolves. Something that we, I think we're just going to have to watch. But I wanted to bring this up. Something we need to monitor the health of Alexander Mitrovic. But the positive is Fulham have found ways to win without him. And I think that's good moving forward. I think that's very good moving forward that they can do this. It wasn't pretty against Brighton Hove Elton. Absolutely not. You want Mitro out there. But when you can win without one of your best players, it just shows the level that you're bringing up to. Fulham deserve to be six. They absolutely do. I don't care about games in hand. We can talk about that to our blue in the face. Fulham deserve to be six. That's where they are. The table doesn't lie. They're six. So I just wanted to share my thoughts on that. Okay. So let's now talk about the situation with Paulina. This is actually getting worrying. I don't think he deserved a yellow card in the last match. And I would say maybe even the last couple of matches, I thought they were questionable yellows. This one I thought really was because he got the ball, but he got a yellow. And what's uh, scary about this is that the next yellow card, we'll see him get a two-match ban. And uh, we have to wait until the 32nd match, according to Peter Russell, for this all to reset. So there's a good chance that Paulinho will get a two-match ban, which is concerning. There's no question it's concerning. We've seen what it looked like without him in that Newcastle United match. However... I think Fulham are better prepared this time around than they were that time earlier in the season because they brought in Sasa Lukic. You can move the parts around. Maybe you put Harrison Reed back in that defensive midfielder role and you put Lukic in the Harrison Reed role. Maybe that's what you do. But it's something to be concerned about because we saw what it looked like the last time around. But I do think that Fulham can overcome a Paulinho two-match ban, but, man, it's not going to be pretty when we get to that. And the, the upcoming matches, you don't want him missing any time, but you certainly don't want him miss, missing some of the matches coming up and one being Brentford. I, you certainly don't want to see that. But we shall see if Paulinho can uh, keep his nose clean and not pick up that next yellow card. Because if he does... It's going to make things harder on Fulham Football Club. Listen, they're in a wonderful position with 38 points. And I would say they're playing with house money at at this point. We're talking about a European run. So there is no threat of relegation. But I think I want to see Fulham see how far up the table they can go. And they need Paulinho playing as much as possible. A two-match ban for him, I think, is more hurtful than Mitro missing matches. I just feel that way. However, I do think I'm intrigued to see what it might look like once we get to see Sasa Lukic playing and maybe Harrison Reed playing a different role because I think that's what Marco might do. And unfortunately for Fulham, we're also going to have to follow the Tom Kearney situation because I don't think he is ready to go yet either. We shall see later on the week if there's any update on Kearney, but... That's something to watch as well. So if he gets another yellow, it becomes a domino effect. And we're going to have to see what Marco decides to do, which is something that, unfortunately, we have to keep an eye on. And let's just hope that Paulinho, who I think has been Fulham's best player all season, does not pick up that next yellow card anytime soon. I think he's going to pick it up. Let's just hope it's later, not sooner. 
Okay. Coming up next to end this quick episode of Cottage Talk, I'm going to share final thoughts on the claims by some Brighton Hove Albion supporters that Fulham had time-wasting and were playing anti-football in the last match. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, to end the show, I want to talk about the continued discussion on anti-football and also time-wasting. And uh, I still see it on social media. I'm listening to it. And I get the frustration that the Brighton Hove Albion supporters who are voicing their thoughts, frustration after losing this match. But for one thing, when I talk about anti-football, we'll start there. I think they got this one very wrong. And I'll say why. Because I watch every Fulham match. We all watch Fulham matches. And Fulham did not go into this match trying to just stifle Brighton Hove Albion. They came in there to play on the front foot. And if you watch Marco Silva's comments after the match, you can see he's disappointed by the performance because he was expecting them to play in a different manner, and they just didn't. And the reason being has to do with Brighton Hove Albion. Brighton Hove Albion would not let Fulham play. They dominated the play. That's more about how they play. Fulham were reacting to the dominance of Brighton Hove Albion. They had to adjust. Yes, were they having to defend more? Yes, but that has to do with the dictating of play. Do you not want them to defend? Are you kidding me? Of course they have to defend. But they went in there, I truly believe, in every match, the way Marco Silva sets them up to play in the front foot. They did not go into that match wanting to play anti-football to just put everyone behind the ball. That's not what they wanted to do, and that's not what they tried to do. They tried to play it forward, and it just wasn't working out. And it had everything to do with Brighton Hove Albion, not allowing them to play. They controlled the play. So what do you do? You have to do what it takes to grit out a victory. And that's what Fulham did. They did not intend to make this a defensive kind of game for them. They wanted to control the play, and they were not allowed to. That's credit to Brighton Hove Albion. But this claims of anti-football that Fulham came in there with this game plan is absolutely wrong. You're wrong. I watch every fall match. You're wrong. They did not intend to it. Every time that you have this claim, you are taking away from the performance of your own side, Brighton Hove Albion, because they made Fulham look that way. They dictated everything. So this was not about 
Fulham's strategy. It wasn't. It was about Brighton and Hove Albion's strategy. They dictated the game. And then Fulham had to react to that. So just think about that. The anti-football had, again, it's a crock of crap. I'm sorry. It's a crock of crap. You can go on. And I even got a comment today about it on YouTube. And I just disagree. I respectfully disagree. I understand why you think that, but you have not watched Fulham every single match like I have. And I know Fulham did not go in with a game plan with the intent of playing defensively. They absolutely did not. They did not. They were forced to by Brighton Hove Albion, and that's a credit to them. That's actually a credit to them. Just credit to the team that dominated the play. But Fulham got all three points. Call it what it is. Finally, on the time-wasting, this is an interesting one as well. And I will say, you know, and again, watch it back, and I've watched it back several times. There are times where I can definitely see the fans of Brighton Hove Albion's their thoughts on it because you can make the claim that Fulham did try to time waste on more than a few occasions, okay? But there were others that I think that were legitimate. I think they're blowing it up a little bit too much because I think there were some legitimate ones that Fulham actually did deal with some situations that the players went down that were legitimate. And then there were others that I can definitely see your point on that. I don't like it. I don't like that type of uh, theatrics. I hate it. So I'm with you on the time wasting. I just think that you are blowing up the amount of time wasting. Cause I think that it's not as much as you think. Definitely time wasting. There was definitely more than a few occasions, but it wasn't every occasion. It, it definitely, it wasn't, it wasn't, but I'm there with you. Time wasting. I'm not a fan of, but I will say, and I think others will agree with me. Every team does this. They all do it. Every team tries to manage a game, try to get the edge. Time-wasting is part of the game. It just is. I don't like it. I don't like any of it. But I'm just telling it the way I see it. But in this case, yes, I, I do agree with the Brighton Hove Albion supporters that Fulham did do time-wasting. I just don't think it's as much as they think it is. That's just my thoughts on that. And also... What were you expecting even with the time wasting? You wanted 10 or 11 minutes? Okay, say we go with that. Do you think that your team would score? They certainly didn't score with 96 minutes or 97 or 98 minutes. Do you think that they're going to score with an additional three or four minutes? I don't know. I Honestly, the way Fulham played, I don't think you do. I don't think you do. But that's my opinion. So you're looking for one more or maybe two more chances. Okay. But again, the issue I have with this is I, I think some of this takes away from the performance of Brighton Hove Albion. They played a great game. They were fantastic in this game. Brighton Hove Albion support should be extremely proud of their side. Absolutely. But here's the thing. Fulham defended very well. They've extremely well. They deserved all three points because they, for all the opportunities that Brighton Hove Albion had, they still didn't score. And some of that goes to Fulham Football Club. And they got the goal to win the match. Sorry, Brighton Hove Albion supporters. I have a lot of respect for you. Fulham deserved all three points. They got the goal. They defended well. They did enough to win the match. In the end, the table doesn't lie. Fulham deserved all three points, and Fulham deserved to be six. Okay. Well, that's enough of that rant. And listen, 
One last thing I just want to say, and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. I have a lot of respect for Brighton Hove Albion players, the manager, and the supporters. I just disagree with some of the claims on Foam Football Club as someone who watches them on a regular basis. Okay. Well, before we wrap it up, as always, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It does help other Foam supporters find us. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. My name is Russ Goldman. Thank you, as always, for watching and listening to Cottage Talk, now part of the TalkSport Fan Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24 seven, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.